0: Welcome to the Road to Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Sherelle Dorsey, tech founder, author, speaker, and networking connoisseur. After several successful businesses and what many would consider a life well-lived, I found myself struggling after earning all of my gold stars to answer the simple question of what's next. Once you've done everything you said you would do and then some, do you create just another goal? Do you hang it up? Do you pivot and show up in a new space? Do you do something you're passionate about and damn proud of? Or do you once and for all decide to put that kind of energy into your personal life and put the work aside? I don't know yet, but I have tons of friends and colleagues and people I admire that have tracked this same journey who will be joining us this season to bear it all. How they answer the question that left them puzzled after earning the highest of highs. Join me in tuning in to hear from those who learn to navigate their own road to reinvention. Welcome back to the road to reinvention. My next guest does not really need an introduction, but the infamous Dominique Broadway, financial expert, and some might call the money therapist, a mom of two of the most adorable little girls I have ever seen, an author, a speaker, and the founder of award-winning financial company, Finances Demystified. Her expertise has been relied upon by Cheddar News, Black Enterprise, USA Today, Forbes, and so many other incredible platforms. Dominique, thank you so much for coming to The Road to Reinvention. You. You've had an incredible career. Like I feel like I, I heard about you first when Black Enterprise Magazine was printing magazines. <laughs> And you were like this young money girl (laughs) and like influencer before influencers were like a thing. And before money, talking about money. Before talking about money, especially publicly. (laughs) Because like in my family, like we didn't really talk about money on that level. And so to have a young person Mm -hmm. talking about money in such an expansive way, but then also the fact that you have continued to evolve. Yeah. And I also think that you are one of the very few money, I don't know if you call yourself an influencer, so money experts (laughs) that actually has a background in finance. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about your journey, you know, entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and this like advocacy component into building a career on Wall Street. Like I want to hear all about that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It's it's interesting. You forget about yeah, like being in magazines where they were actually printed. Um, and I remember some of those magazines. I remember I used to actually go and try to find them at the store and like take them to my family. Because my family didn't really understand what I did and just understand what I did. Do
0: they Do they now? Because my family still is like, I don't know, she does things. Uh, my
1: mom does. My grandma no, right. I don't think she understands. Uh but yeah, so I've I've actually I've just I've always been a finance nerd, mm-hmm. right? So when I was sixteen, I started teaching myself how to trade and invest. And um I'm I was not doing
0: that at 16. <laughs> I, was I was like, I was, let oh, me you. go
1: get this new Lil' Kim album. I, and I was like, literally a finance and like entrepreneurship uh, nerd. Like I had my first business when I was like five and then mm-hmm. um um did a lot of other little businesses, you know, selling candy, stuff like that. And mm-hmm school and then became this, um, chief operating officer of one of my friend's companies, kids, interactive data systems when I was 15. And, um, at that time we were actually teaching kids how to use computers. Um, and so that's, oh my God, I feel so old, but that's before (laughs) they were teaching kids how to use computers in school. Right. And so people would send, um, their kids to us, um, for the evenings and the weekends we would teach them how to use various computer software. So I've realized, I just realized this recently, like, man, I've been like, teaching for you've been a while. doing it
0: for a while wow um,
1: yeah so at 16 i started teaching myself how to trade and invest and it was really because i wanted to be wealthy and mm-hmm. i'm from the dc maryland area and sometimes in the weekends my mom would take me to potomac maryland so potomac okay. maryland is still like one of the one of the rich well Montgomery county in general is one of the richest um one of the richest counties in the country so mm-hmm. a lot of just Political money, CEO, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Big, big, multi-million dollar homes that we would ride through. And she would just show me like, hey, if you work hard and you work smart, you can have these types of homes mm-hmm. too. Wow. And I'm just like, okay, well, I got to figure this out, right? And so, um, you know, when you're in your teens, you're working little random jobs, Target, stuff like that. Yeah. And back then they were paying like seven fifty an hour. And I'm like, this ain't going to cut it, right? So I started <laughs> reading Um, magazines right so like black enterprise entrepreneur and stuff like that and I was like well how are the how are these people buying these big houses and it was Mm -hmm. really just I would say two or three things um One, entrepreneurship, real estate, and the stock market. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I got to learn all these things. I've dabbled in entrepreneurship. I understand real estate, but I didn't have enough money. I was 16, right? I was going to say, because you're still 16, (laughs) like creating a strategy and defining
0: (laughs) that, oh, there are three ways Mm -hmm. that I have seen this happen that I'm reading about. But at 16, you're like, all right, I need to mastermind, like how to reach this How to reach
1: it. And so Mm -hmm. I realized that the investing piece was like, The easiest way for me to start. Yeah. So like all things when we want to know stuff at 16, you go to your family. And I'm like, hey, parents, grandparents, I want to learn how to invest. Can you help me? Yeah. And they were like, no, like we don't really know. And okay. I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? And so um, my mom was like, well, I have this retirement account, but I don't really know how it works. My grandfather said the same thing. Um, and so I just like went head in. This was before YouTube. You know, my mom would take me to the library. I would rent books. Um, was re- you gotta like
0: those like investing for dummies from that like yeah, big yellow book. Yeah, that was book? literally the, the first yeah. book my
1: grandfather bought me was investing for dummies. Nice. My mom still has the screenshot was one of her first Amazon purchases was how to invest in stocks. She literally still has like the oh screenshot. God. She's like, look, I bought this for Dominique because she was trying to learn, and so I've been, you know, trying to do this for a while. I ended up going to. well, actually, take it back. I made my first two investments at the time. I had about $50. So I invested in Apple and Joan's Soda. Joan's Soda did not pan out. Um, I but miss Joan's Soda. It was so good. It was so good. So <laughs> I was like obsessed with this green apple soda. So let me tell you why I picked these two stocks. Okay. One, I picked Joan's Soda because I, I was obsessed with the yeah. green apple soda. Yep. Apple, I, really I picked Apple because um, I was obsessed with my iPod at the time, right? Okay. I remember, yeah. the, you remember Walkmans? Yep. We yep. had to walk around with our Walkman and our little cassette tapes and if it messed up you'd
0: wait but the oh high, the great technology was the anti skit when yes. the anti skit oh came out but the fact that listen. you didn't have to walk
1: around with 15 cassette tapes anymore yep. Yep. or a, a big binder of cds like mm-hmm. gosh, mind blown right okay. so um anyway so that's why i invested into apple obviously apple panned out joan soda didn't um, wait so your 50 investment did what it started growing so i didn't have tons of money so i started what we call now what's called dollar cost averaging Mm -hmm. right so i started just taking whenever i had money for work or for my birthday i just started adding it in adding it and adding it in i think by the time i graduated college i had maybe about 15k um that was that had been accumulated over time and apple started um going and i'm not gonna lie i sold them stocks because yeah. they had got up. Apple hit like a hundred or something dollars and I was like, oh my gosh, sold them all. Okay. Um, but that helped me allow me to buy my first, um, my first condo before I graduated college. So wow. Um, so, but taking it back, I ended up going to Bowie State University, majored in banking and finance, ended mm-hmm. up getting a job at UBS Financial Services. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I had never heard of that company at the time. Um because they had focused on high net worth individuals and my target company was morgan stanley okay and um it was really because uh carla harris had worked at morgan stanley oh, and she yes. was the only black woman that i knew right that was in finance. right one
0: of you mm-hmm. who's have actually been like a ceo yeah and yeah yeah, yeah. And she was like the only one that i knew at the time um
1: and so i got this internship at morgan stanley mm-hmm. my dream internship a week before, no, I'm sorry, a couple days, three days before I'm supposed to go to start my internship, Yeah, um, two things happen. One, I total my car. Oh. And then I get a phone call that Morgan Stanley is cutting their entire internship program for the summer. Wow. The whole program. So I'm like devastated. because This is what I've been working towards. You I know, mean, I you found. were 16. Like, well, no, at this time, I'm like, you
0: know, But college, I'm saying, so, but you were dreaming at my 16, dream. like, yeah. wait, this is the roadmap. Yeah, map. that was. Okay. So, yeah. So. Yeah. So, so Morgan Stanley is like nah, done. Done. Debted. Yep. And now you like like how did how did the UBS opportunity come yeah. about? Yeah.
1: So it was a situation where I was in like this um This, uh, what do you call it? Like an internship uh, placement program um, called University of Dreams. And Mm. they were like, hey, this program is cut. You're supposed to be here like in three days. So we're going to see if we can place you guys elsewhere. But you're still going to have to go through the interview process again. And I'm like, okay. So I get on the phone. They said, well, let's see if UBS, they're interested in you. And I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Get on the phone. They like me. And then I realized that UBS is actually a bigger
0: organization than, than Morgan, Morgan Stanley. Stanley,
1: Right. I had never heard of them because they focus specifically, especially um, the division that I was getting into, private wealth um they focus on high net worth individuals right so mm-hmm. people that have 10 20 30 million dollars in investable assets and that's mm-hmm. how it happened so i get to um ubs i'm super excited and it's so funny i'm in uh this internship program with all these other people from these top universities yeah. i go to an hbcu and literally everyone's sharing like oh i go to harvard and Yale and then i'm like yeah i go to Bowie state and they're, they're like boise state i'm like Bowie state they're like <laughs> Boise? I'm like, booey. And they're like, an, <laughs> I'm like, it's an historically black college. They're like, it's a college just for black people. I'm like, oh lord. So I gotta we don't educate. have time for the history <laughs> lesson. <laughs> we, <don't gotta> <laughs> we We just an intern orientation right now. Right. But it was really interesting because I was the only black person and actually person of color in the program. Mm. Um, and it was really interesting because just that whole dynamic. I'm interning mm-hmm. in New York. Um, I did really well. They offered me a full time position. Um, I decided I did not want to stay in New York, though. I also had to go finish college. So I went back. Okay. Finished college. Um, they said you still have a position. You can pick whatever office you want to go to. Oh wow! So I decided to go to um, Bethesda, Maryland, because that's you know where I where I was from, um, and I you know bought that new condo, started the job, and that's where things really started off for me. Um, So while I was at UBS, um, I got licensed um, to become a licensed financial professional um, and, uh, did that for a while, got actually got laid off a couple years in, um, and then started just going to other firms. Also went to Edelman Financial Services, okay. um, okay. And United Capital and went to a couple other firms. While I was at my last firm, um, United Capital, I was working with my mentors, like my dream position where I was working with a financial advisor, a black financial advisor who was wanted me to take over his company, okay. um, or his book of business. And that's like dream. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, guaranteed Once you take over fully, you're going to be making
0: at least seven figures a year. Right. And then you get like commissions or bonus. Like what's the structure look like? Yeah.
1: So you typically get a flat pay plus commission. But because he had such such a large book, I would have been able to make high six figures. So probably like between 800 to 1.2 million a year. Insane. Once I, you know, but that would have been like probably by now. Right. Okay. Age now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, so that's how that works. It's a it's a flat pay, plus you get commission for um how much money you're managing. Okay. Um and so uh, after being there for a little while, I realized that I hated it. And I okay. had,
0: which was really hard for and me. And this was a couple of years in. Yeah. Okay. I'm probably
1: like twenty-six at the time. Okay, maybe about twenty, yeah, about twenty-six. I realized that I didn't like it. And I realized that, um, which was really hard for me because mm-hmm. I had worked literally since 16 to be in this role. Right. And What was um, it that you didn't like about it? So what I didn't like was that we only focused on the 1%. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you didn't have a bunch of money, we couldn't help you. Yeah. If you didn't have a bunch of money, we couldn't pro- we couldn't provide you with financial advice and guidance. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends coming to me asking me for financial guidance because they're like, you obviously were playing around the stock market. You made some money. You bought a condo. You moved from your dorm. I literally moved from my dorm into your condo. straight to my condo. And everyone else moved from their dorm back home with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're like, clearly, you're doing you're something. Doing something. Right. right. You got something you can go somewhere. Legal, right. So clearly, <laughs> help me out. But right. I kept saying, like, oh, you can't become clients so of the firms that I'm at. Okay. And so that's when I took did the crazy thing and quit my job. Yeah. So I just quit my job and said, you know what? Listen, I'm going to go after the 99%. Okay. You know, and I never forget, my mentor told me that, uh, and I'll never forget, he said it exactly like this, you'll never make money
0: helping people that don't have money. Mm. And I was like, I was going to ask <laughs> say <less>. if he, <laughs> yes, if he was upset that you did not follow the path take on that book of business. Probably. And like, yeah. I
1: think he was a little offended because he had worked so hard to build that book. Um, so funny, last year he reached out to me after my Forbes article came out. And he was just like, I'm so proud of you.
0: Like, and you proved yeah. me wrong.
1: And I'm like, I know. <laughs> mm, yeah.
0: Well, because you yeah. saw there's a market that's underserved. Yeah. And they may not have 10 to $30 million within the bank, mm-hmm. but, but they it's have a, it's some a, It's assets. a volume play, right? right? So right.
1: you can help more people versus they're just like, I'm going to go after the 1%. It's a very small amount of 1%. Right. right. There's way more people that we can help build up. Yeah. To 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 get out of their current situation. It's just more people that need that help. Yeah. And I knew that that was honestly what God wanted me to do. I, I, yeah. And I still feel that way.
0: And I, I think that since, since meeting you in person, mm-hmm. um, which I got a chance to meet you here in Miami yeah. a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and what has been so clear and apparent to me is that you are really passionate about helping people. Yeah. Um, you love talking about money. But the way in which you do it is it's accessible and it's approachable. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And it's not confusing yeah. and it's not like solely dedicated to, okay, you've got to do pick this stock. Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a level of of access yeah. to yeah. what you provide and then you have your courses, mm-hmm. you have several pieces of literature. You're also working on your book that's coming out soon as well. Um, And so, and then even I think you've had some incredible like course titles Mm -hmm. and conversation titles that make people feel like I can learn this as well. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm starting with that $50 or even if I'm starting with, you know, maybe I'm starting at 40 or 45 and I'm Mm -hmm. just investing for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like this opportunity is still for me that like, Yeah, I should have started yesterday. I should have started 10 years ago. But if I start today, then like I'm still ahead of the game. Yeah,
1: now is the best time. And that's the biggest thing. I think especially um, as a lot, especially people of color, a lot of times we just, we don't get this information and we, a lot of times we're getting it later than than would have been ideal, right? Mm -hmm. I think right now is always the perfect time, but later... Um, then, then would have been ideal if we had started earlier, we would be able to have different conversations at 60. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are a lot of people who are literally making their first investment at 60. And it's, it's unfortunate, right? And so I feel like it's really my responsibility to educate them and so that they can educate yeah. people younger than them and, and everyone about this information. It's so funny. My mom was asking me the other day, we were talking about, oh, is it something? She's like, oh, if you want a billion dollars, what would you do? And I was like, I would still do this same exact work Mm, i just like but i would do it completely free oh wow i would okay um or it would be like a very because it's something about people having you pay a little something you have a vested interest Mm -hmm. but i would literally do the same exact thing but i would want to make the information as easily accessible as possible to whoever wants it okay um but for now i do have to charge for it right i need to make a living but i also um realize too when you make people pay they show up because yeah. they have a vested you have a vested, a vested, interest. vested interest. Right. So that would be my focus, but turning this into a completely nonprofit where anyone that wants access to this information yeah.
0: can can get it. I wanna go back to mm-hmm. the day you realized I hate this. I'm only serving <laughs> a certain demographic. And like my parents still don't know what their 401k does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe my grandparents still don't know like yeah. how their pension works out. It just works for them. And the decision to completely reinvent your story because you follow this very linear path, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, college degree mm-hmm. and internships and working for financial firms mm-hmm. and like building this life and then all of a sudden it is, and maybe it wasn't all of a sudden, maybe yeah. it was a continuous series of conversations you were having internally, yeah. Um. you know, maybe what you were exposed to, the folks you were exposed to and realizing like there is an entire market that's not being served mm-hmm. but did you know specifically that building out the Dominique Broadway brand around teaching finance, that that was gonna be your next move? No, Cause no. what did you do after? You were like, all right, like you just put your two weeks in and was like, <laughs> no, it was, oh, goodbye, like it what happened? It was
1: interesting because I had no clue. Like if anyone told me then that this would be my life now, I'd be like, "Oh, will stop, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had, I didn't really have a plan at mm. all. I had about a year worth of my salary saved, so I felt like I had a little cushion, I felt like. Okay. That's story. (laughs) But um, I felt like I had a little cushion. Um, I put my two weeks in, but because of my licenses, whenever you decide to quit, you have to stop. You have to leave now. So there is no two weeks. Um, because Because of the way that um, with FINRA and things like that. So it was like, I put my two weeks in, and are like, okay, well, you have to leave today. So that was it. Oh, wow. Um, And I never forget driving home and I'm like, okay, what did I just do? (laughs) Like, what did I do? I'm tripping. Um, And it was funny because I was so upset with the financial services industry that I didn't want to be a part of it anymore.
0: You're like, I'm, so, done. I'm done. It was like a breakup. Yeah. You're like, I'm done. I'm Don't done. call me. Don't text Finance me. We done. Yeah. You know, yeah. and
1: I didn't want to do it. And so I was trying to find other things to do. So mm-hmm. I was like my other passion. Remember real estate? So yep. I went went down to Baltimore and I'm like, I'm going to buy me some houses. Right. I found some houses for like $6,000. You know, right, you, could right. find, you know, at the time, well, you can still find some house like that. And um, I put offers in on two houses and I'm like, they're low. Like, you know, anyone, I should be able to get them. Both offers fell through. Wow. So I was like. Okay, so I did another one. Offer felt, it. and I'm like, "What is going on? It shouldn't be this difficult." I'm about, I'm, I'm, I'm turning, I'm changing careers. I want to be a real estate yeah. investor yeah. now. Didn't pan out. Um, and then I was like, okay, all right, I'm gonna take a break. So I started getting frustrated. I'm spending all this time in Baltimore walking in and out of these like crack houses and stuff. I'm like, come on now. Like you're seeing all kinds of crazy things. Why can't I get a house? <laughs> I and, can't get one of the crack houses. No, literally like you walk in, you walk in the house, yeah. it's like feces and use condoms. And, and I'm like, this house is beautiful. Look at the architectural design. And people are right, Because like, architecture is
0: like, Ooh, yeah. It's, gorgeous beautiful. Beautiful. but it's just it's it's dilapidated neglected and, yeah. all that yeah but yeah. i'm like i love it i want it and and i assume like the neighborhood's going to change yeah and now but people are ca- like,
1: outbidding me and i'm like okay this is ridiculous mm. so um then i was like okay i'm going to take a break from this this ain't going this ain't i'm tired of riding back and forth to baltimore um so my other passion is cocktails and desserts so i said cool i'm going to start a cupcake infused um restaurant like cupcake infused um Co- uh,
0: cocktails, confections. Co- yeah, 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 yeah. So
1: I called it bubbly pear. I
0: still may use that. Bubbly pear. <laughs> so I'm
1: pairing uh, desserts with...
0: Uh, Oh, cocktails. I love that. You don't have a whole Instagram handle called Girls Who Love Desserts? we talked about this
1: before. Yes. yes. Okay. So, um,
0: Retirement idea. Like, yeah. you've got to just like have literally, this whole situation go It could on. be a
1: cute little I'm like, <laughs> cute
0: little shot. Yes. Anyway, so I was like, I'm going to do that. Then
1: I was like, no, nothing was panning out. I'm yeah. not a baker. I had no recipe. It, it went nowhere. Um, but I was literally looking for spaces to rent. I was, I'm, I'm very ambitious
0: you were going to do something. something it sounds like you were going to do something. something it didn't matter what it was i can't yeah. do nothing like i'm really bad with sitting still so mm-hmm.
1: um anyway so then i was riding in the car one day and i got heard on the news it was like for sisters only next weekend and i was like oh mm. my gosh you know what this would be a great place to launch my business okay because at the time like people kept were still asking me for help and i was okay. helping some people like friends i was like well i don't work there no more so you know i can i can help you and i was really good at it right and so i said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start this dominic broadway financial advisor business see what happens so i called one of my um friends i said hey he was, a, he was a graphic designer. I said, I'm, I'm starting a business next week. I need you to make a banner and a landing page for me. And then my best friend at the time, she drove down from New Jersey, helped me work the booth. I paid $1,000 to rent the booth, which felt like a million dollars at the time. Right, right. And I had to like fill out the form and fax it in. That's how long ago it was. And I'll never forget, my mom was like, oh my gosh, don't put your credit card number on that form. They're just going to steal it. And I was like, you know moms are always... I'm like, mom, ain't nobody think about me. So I faxed it in, paid the uh, $1,000, get the booth, Booth looks great. I get about 95 people that sign up on my email list. So this is wow. the beginning of my email list. Okay. And then I ended up making about a third of them clients. And wow. that was really when my financial at the time really financial coaching business mm-hmm. kicked off.
0: Yep. Wow. Okay. So what was your what was your offer? It was just sign up for my newsletter, work with me one-on-one. Yeah. And we'll get your finances That's like it. together. That and was that was it. it. That, <laughs> that was it. it. Nothing special. So Again, at the time, like your facts and shit. Yeah. And <laughs> you got an email list. You got a landing page. Yeah. There's And business cards. I had business, business cards. Business And a banner. That right. Okay. <laughs> so it. because like, like I think people have to understand like how how like exposure today looks very different so because you can different. set up your your handles, and you can, like, go to town. Mm-hmm. But it's very different when those tools don't exist yet. There wasn't an Instagram. There was Twitter. Okay, there was Twitter, but, like, still... And I used to
1: use the crap
0: out of Twitter. Okay. like <laughs> Were you able to get leads from Twitter yeah. at the time? Nice. So let me
1: tell you what I used to do. So this is before... Obviously now I could just pop an ad up and get you know ten thousand views, but um, I didn't have I didn't I didn't know anyone. I mean I knew people, but I no one knew me for finance right. outside because I was working with high net worth clients, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but mainstream, no one knew me. So what I started to do is I started hosting financial happy hours. So just called mm-hmm. finance mystified happy hours, and I um, would partner with local restaurants in the DC area and say, hey, I'm hosting a happy hour. Can you extend the happy hour? I'll bring you at least 75 people to your happy hour, right? So I would do it at, like, the park. And at the time, it's called 1223 and, like, all these different, you know, restaurants. And they'd be like, okay. So the park would just give me, like, well, you got to take the top floor. Cool. I don't care. Give me the top floor. Happy hour, da-da-da-da. And then what I would do is go on Twitter. And I would D, I I would not DM. I would- what is it called? Uh, I don't even know what's it called. At. So, like, I would Uh at all of the major, like- young professional networks and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm hosting this happy hour. Can you share or 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 so-and-so you're invited. And then let's say I may say, Hey, Sherelle, you're invited. You like, Oh, cool. Boom. And then you would retweet it. Right, and then, right, And you would retweet the link. So okay. I started getting like three to 400 people that would sign up to come to my happy hours, right? Right. But only a third of them would show up. So that's perfect. But you still fine. have them on your list. Yeah, on your my email list. list. Right. So mm-hmm. I would usually get between 80 to 100 people that would come and then people okay. started talking about it more. Um, and then they would have discounted drinks. All the drinks had financial names, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then um, we would have like little questions on the table to provoke financial conversations. And they started just doing really, really well. So I would try to host those at least every other month, and then that allowed me to start growing my list over time. But Mm -hmm. I would use Twitter; like I would just sit and just be like adding everyone, and then every all of the young professionals or the clubs or whatever, just sending it or people that I knew Mm -hmm. had larger followers, and they would just retweet them.
0: So that was my my way of getting people on the list. And then like you started continuing to build around that. Mm -hmm. So you're going. All I was
1: still doing was just offering one on one coaching.
0: Wow. That was it. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: So I want to I go back to you had a year's worth of your salary. Mm-hmm. You tried to do the real estate thing. You're like, yeah. the crack houses won't sell to me. <laughs> you were like bubbly pear and cocktails Ain't and what bubbling. have you. Right. <laughs> and then now you've got these happy hours. You're pulling people onto your email mm-hmm. list. And then like, does the exposure start to come? Yeah. And now people are, like, seeing you, mm-hmm. happy hours, yep. harassing people on Twitter, <laughs> all of that. And then now, like, it, it almost sounds like the business was being built yeah. as, like, as as it was all being built, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't yeah. know if that makes sense, but, no, like, it was, it was I, all coming I together. I couldn't tell that it was being built.
1: And, I mean, I could tell, but I couldn't tell, right? Yeah. Um, also, too, because I was busy. I was booked and busy. But I was yeah. also broke. So book, busy, broke. And broke, right. And um, like what's happening. So I'm confused because I'm booked and I'm busy. But my bank account is dwindling. Okay. And it's because I wasn't charging enough, right? I wasn't mm-hmm. charging enough. I wasn't valuing my time. I wasn't really, really truly mm-hmm. seeing the value that I was providing to all these people. So I look up like maybe a year and a half, year and a half, year, almost two years in and I'm broke right like completely like completely broke so my car gets repossessed house goes to foreclosure oh my gosh so yeah. I'm like credit score goes down to like 400 or 350 real low uh <laughs> I call it like oven temperature low um <laughs> and I'm like making pies mm, what happened <laughs> you know what I mean like what happened right. and, I'm, and I'm in I'm having this mental battle that I'm confused because all of my clients are thriving Because I give good financial advice. So everyone's buying their first house or buying a rental property, paying off their debt, their credit's getting cleaned up, they're hitting their savings goals, and I'm over here just drowning. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm confused. Um, But I was so confused and so disappointed in myself that I started ignoring my finances. Because Mm. I'm
0: like... I was going to say, it seems like such a turn of events. Because you built up all of these things since a teenager. Yeah, I mean, I had investments. I, I had... Everything most
1: most people don't have at mid right. twenties. I had retirement accounts. I had a home. I had you know all these things, and I was. I mean, I basically all I didn't lose everything, but I almost lost everything. I, yeah. I was I was able to get my car back and was able to get my house out of foreclosure. But yeah, I had no investments. I had no money. I had nothing else.
0: But you're advising other people, in and all they're of this. doing amazing. They're thriving. <laughs> you're at oven temperature credit score, yes, which I'm gonna have to take that. Yes. <laughs> and so was this? It, it sounds almost like a rock bottom, but at the same time, like you were winning externally. No, it seemed like yeah. you were winning externally. externally. I'm right. winning,
1: but me personally, I was at yeah. a rock bottom. I was depressed. I was angry. I was tired of faking. I felt like faking. I felt yeah. like a hypocrite. And um, I didn't know what to do, yeah. right? Because yes, I was probably in Black Enterprise while this was going on. Like mm-hmm. I was getting press like no other,
0: right? right? Um, but that didn't mean, well, well, like you said, booked, busy, and broke. Yeah, because and right. it, it and,
1: and it, it, honestly, if I was charging what I should have been charging, the booked and the busy would have been equaling, you know, money, right? But it, but it, I was doing it completely wrong. Okay, you know, um, and so um. All this happens, and then one day I just get tired of being broke. Right? right. I'm at a point where I know I need gas in my car and I know I got two dollars in my credit card, and you know they only prove for a dollar. So pop their credit card <laughs> in, they gonna hit that one dollar authorization, I'll figure it out in the right, next couple
0: Right, days. when the bill like, comes. That's literally what <laughs> I was on. And I'm just like, this right. is
1: horrible. How did I get here? Yeah. I'm teaching myself tricks. On how to maintain myself while being broke. Right. I've never had to do this before, right? Very survival. Very survival. And it was just like becoming my norm. I lived this way probably for like a year or more. Okay. And I was just used to it and I was getting used to it. And then I was like, I can't do this no more. Like this this ain't ain't going to work.
0: It was this before, after like the car repossession, like, like what was the moment you were like, oh no, I've got to reevaluate how this is all working. I would say the car repossession took me
1: over the edge. I was right before that. It was, it was really my condo association decided to start, decided to sue me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, okay, now this is a legal case against me. They're putting a lien on my house. And I'm just like, okay, this is getting out of control. This is So it was really like all this stuff was happening at the same time. At the same
0: time, right. Um, And I was
1: already trying to navigate that, but I was doing a bad job at it because I completely ignored the fact that I hadn't been paying my car note, right? And it's so funny. Hopefully no one's car has ever been repossessed. When your car gets repossessed, you act like... You didn't know that you were paying. That you were supposed to pay your bill. So I went down to my condo association. I mean, to my front desk, because I lived in a condo. I'm like, um, my car's gone. I think it was stolen, right? And they're like, no, we didn't see anyone coming. I'm like, how did you not see someone come in here and pull out a whole whole BMW? Right. And they're like, we don't. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Anyway, so I called 911. Of course. And tell them my car um, was stolen. they like, no, ma'am, it's been repossessed. So apparently when they repossess cars, they do call. They tell the police department. Because they know that sure. you're going to call yeah. and report yeah. it. Okay. So that was, that was eye-opening. Um, but yeah, after that, it was really just... And um, it was really just me making the decision that I didn't want to live there,
0: live that yeah. way anymore. So, did you like send out to your email list of drink buddies, "Hey, <laughs> my prices have gone up. <laughs> I got to get my BMW <laughs> back." Like, like what happens? Like that night, yeah, like that night, that pivot that was yeah. just like, okay, I got to charge more. Yeah, it was. It was really. I had to go to my family. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to
1: tell someone. When I tell you, I was going to ask if you had
0: spoken to your family about this. Because they were probably like, you've been good for a long time. I told no one. Wow. Because I
1: was so embarrassed. Yeah. And I I was so disappointed in myself. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, there's no reason that I should be in this place. Right. And I knew it was because I was just, I just literally started ignoring my finances. And I was so mad at myself because I knew that I could have fixed this. A long time ago, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of us tend to do this. We ignore our finances and think We're not like, opening the We're bill, just going to- Yeah, it's going to go away. And let me tell you something. It does not go away. Yeah. When it comes yeah. to money- and uh, finances, communication is key, just yeah. like in relationships. And so it was me literally sitting down and, and I needed to admit to somebody. Like I went to my mom, nervous I was sitting in the car with her. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a failure.
0: <laughs> and I'm poor. Oh, you know I'm what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> and I'm poor.
1: And I'm poor. And it's just like, i was like, like- help me, I'm poor. Yeah, literally. Oh like, she's like, just take a breath. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to be homeless. She's like, no, you're not going to be homeless. Stop. And um, you know, that's how it feels, though. You really right. feel like your whole world's falling apart. And so she just like she sat
0: down with me and like shared with me some financial struggles that she had gone through that I had never even known. So you you talking about what you were going yeah. through even enabled her and gave her permission to say, oh, I I like here's what I've gone through as yeah. well. Yeah, and that was one of the things
1: that you know I think a lot of times, especially as Black women, we really. Focus on being perfect all the time, having it and together, looking perfect all the Polished. time, having it together, and I did that. Oh, yeah. I was listen. You ain't gonna never know what I'm going through on the yeah. inside. But yeah. that was to a fault, right? Mm-hmm. And so even my mom. Was doing that same thing, mm-hmm. right? And and I'm like, you did, you went through what? And how did I not how know? Did this? I know? I in I've been house. here the whole time, yeah, right? Like, and so I realized it was it was a thing, and that's something that I've also been navigating through, just going pro- just professionally, right? Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I also went to my grandfather, and I'm like, I need you to help me, and I need you to sit down with me, like I'm like I need you to treat me like a client. So yeah. I sent him all of my worksheets I use in my clients. Wow. And um. Okay. And he said, bring all of your mail. So I come over with a big old bag
0: of mail. He's like, what is all I like? due, final notice. Oh, Literally, them, he's like, you can them. open
1: anything. I'm like, no. no. So we open everything, go through everything, and the funny thing is, I realized I don't owe as much as I thought I owed. I thought I owed like a million bajillion. That of was course, the number because that's how it felt. Oh yeah, it, it was felt giant. Felt. Like I was going to prison.
0: I was like, I'm going to prison. I'm going to go to prison. I'm going to be homeless, poor, <laughs> and in jail. Yeah, but I
1: won't be homeless because
0: I'll be in prison. Well, at least <laughs> you get some meals. <laughs> you don't have to pay it, any rent. You don't put people in prison for <laughs> credit card debt. But it felt
1: that way. Right. And, that, and, and your mind starts it's playing games with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and I realized it was like maybe eighteen thousand dollars in credit card debt. The bigger debt that I owe was t- to my HOA, which was like I don't know, maybe twenty five thousand in third, maybe twenty five thirty thousand, and it got that high because of legal fees. Oh, and I always wow. say it is so expensive to be poor.
0: It's very expensive to be poor. Why you do get you get add- late if fees if you can't pay the bill? Get these- don't what well, do you an think extra- I'm gonna.
1: Exactly. I couldn't pay you
0: before. I'm certainly not going to exactly. pay for this. Yeah. I'm like,
1: it is so expensive to be poor. Um, and so I just sat down and like literally with him and we, he, I needed him damn near to hold my hand and like, let's yeah. just go through this one by one. Yeah. And I just created a strategy that I, the same strategy I helped my clients with.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I was able to get things under control. I realized one of the big things I needed was extra income.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: And so I... Ended up getting like by God's grace, I was in Atlanta, met a lady, she offered me a consulting job to help run her financial nonprofit, financial education nonprofit. That's which incredible. Was literally nothing but God. Yeah. I always say, if you want something, vocalize it. Because yeah. I was in Atlanta. I said it a couple times, looking for opportunity, boom. She's like, Oh, I live in I only she's like, the only thing is I live in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, I'm like, no. Uh uh. We in Atlanta. Me and How? this lady, right? We in Atlanta, and she and we live literally seven minutes from each other. Yes. I ended up working with her for about a year and a half, and that wow. consulting money is what allowed me to
0: get back in the clear. Get back,
1: be, get, get back nice. in the clear. It took time.
0: Yeah. But it allowed me to get back
1: in the clear. I I, I definitely had all the yeah all things, the things right yeah. all the things. So you know I had the website, I had the clients, I actually was building the email list. Yeah. Um, I had the marketing, I had the lovely branding, I had. Features in Black Enterprise, Baltimore Sun, Smart C like all the, the all Yahoo News. Mm-hmm. And because I did not know my value, mm-hmm. I still ended up having to go and get what I call a BJ, a bridge job, a bridge right, job. To, yeah. to get myself out of it. And I think a lot of times, too, with this entrepreneurial culture, it's so frowned upon. Mm-hmm. It's like you failed if you had to go get a job. But let me tell you something, if I didn't go get that $3,000 a month consulting mm-hmm. opportunity, I probably wouldn't be sitting here now as a multi-millionaire. Mm. Wow. That that took me putting my pride to the side. That ego, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we see everyone online and it looks all, and it's everyone's life looks so perfect. And no, first of all, no one's life is perfect. And we know that, right? That's Everybody true. got a bunch of BS in the behind the scenes. I don't mm-hmm. know what I do. <laughs> um, but it's like very important to make sure that you are valuing yourself an understanding that you got to do what you got to do for you for you it doesn't yeah. matter
0: everyone's situation looks different
1: it does and it doesn't matter what what everyone else says and I think that I don't know it is frustrating a lot of times with social media I will say I'm also thankful I didn't have all of the social media that 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 we have to deal with now yeah when I was building my business because when you go on Instagram Everybody's, everyone's a millionaire. Everyone's traveling all the time. Everyone's on a yacht. Everyone has a Bentley, and you're like, "What am I doing wrong?" Right? And you, I got a bus pass, and and you really, you (laughs) really start to compare yourself. And I think that a lot of times we, a lot of people are running bad businesses. They're just doing cash grabs. It's not a business that has any longevity. This year is actually my ten year anniversary.
0: That's incredible. I was going to ask.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. It has been.
0: And I love to, and I, I appreciate you being candid and mm-hmm. sharing what we would consider some embarrassing stories. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the highlight reel is a lot of what we see. Yeah. And being able to say, hey, like I had I was in some deep shit. Yeah. Oh, it was and bad. Yeah. I had to regroup. Mm-hmm. And not only did I have to regroup, I had to take on some additional work to get myself back in the clear mm-hmm. so that I can so that I could rethink. What are the things that I did so wrong? So I could breathe. You could breathe. You could breathe. Like, yeah. Literally,
1: I could not breathe yeah. until I got that consulting thing. And then, like I said, it was only three thousand dollars, but that was a game changer for me because that three thousand plus whatever I was making at the time gave me the extra cash I needed to catch up and everything. And all I wanted to do was breathe because I yeah. couldn't. I could not. I was so yeah. str- you wake up every morning. Stress. You don't. I don't know who's gonna come knock on my door saying I owe more or sue or it was just it was a lot. It was a lot.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. it was a so, lot. So that completely had to shift how you were gonna be doing mm-hmm. business and what you've built today, courses, yeah. books, literature. All of these things mm-hmm. now are a result of, and I wonder too. I wonder if, like, had you got, had you not gone through that experience, yeah. would we have finances demystified no. today in the way in which we no, have it? You wouldn't, right, right?
1: And so that's also why now I'm thankful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it at the time I was angry with God because I'm like, I know, I know God made me quit my job. I know because I didn't. I mean, I always always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but the the work that I do. It's in personal finance, mm-hmm. okay? It It is not the sexiest thing. It's a very hard topic to have. I could have made more money sooner doing other things, course, right? right. Um, and so I was really angry with God at the time. But now I look back, and even over the last few years, I look back and I'm like, okay, all right, God, thank I you. I see why this I to see happen. why. Because yeah. my knowledge only reached upon investments and helping high net worth. Now I can help people with the oven temperature credit scores, mm-hmm. right? I know what it's like when your car gets repossessed. I know how to negotiate with creditors. Um, but I also can walk you through an options trade. I yeah. also can walk with you on how to strategically purchase a multi million dollar home and take the money out and buy additional homes. I can walk you from here to here. Yeah. And then I can also help you with money mindset because I've had a great relationship with money and then I had a bad relationship with money and then I had a, scar- a scarcity mindset come back in Right, once I started making
0: millions because I was so so scared to go back and so now and what did that look like I just want to like yeah. put a pin in that <laughs> uh-huh. because I remember I don't know if you ever saw that interview that Oprah had with Will Smith Mm -hmm. and he talked about this was years ago and he talked about how when he started making a lot of money like he was so nervous about losing it yes and oprah was like yeah because you know i know what 1999 is she was like but everything else like you like you you really are Mm -hmm. when you start seeing those higher price tags she's like but you know i can afford the 1999 yeah (laughs) and so i can only imagine like that shift of is this real? Yeah. Is this going to last? Oh yeah. Do I need to be squirreling this away in yeah. a savings account that's not paying me any interest? And that's what I was I don't doing. Lose it.
1: That's what I was doing. So when I when I started making all this money, I was like, okay, this is great, but it's probably not gonna last always. And I need to hold, hold as much. As much as possible. And it's funny, my partner at the time was completely opposite, right? Like, let's make it rain. Right. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> and I'm like, I just felt like the scarcity mindset just, just not necessarily scarcity, but uh, just fear of going back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was so grateful too to have what I had. And so, the funny thing is, I've always been investing and trading, but I would literally keep millions of dollars in cash, mm. literally, because I was like,
0: uh. Uh-uh. No way. And
1: nobody touched my. And nobody my, touched coming it. right? You know what I mean. Right. And So it, it it when I look back, obviously that hurt me a little bit financially because I could have made more. But at the same time, the my past year in business, like the year before, I did eight eight figures. But last year only I did seven figures. Right. It was a drop in revenue, and I was able to sustain myself. When a lot of times, even my business manager was like, a lot of times based on what I had to go through with all the personal things in my life, businesses would have shut down. Mm. But because I had been so conservative with my money, I was able to sustain and now we're we're back on track. Back on right? track. Okay. Um so I think that there is a importance a lot of times in business. I think a lot of times when people's businesses do start doing amazing, they think it's gonna be like that forever. And that's not the case. And you gotta be able to survive through the dips. Yes. and, and, what and what I have am you. so grateful that not necessarily mm-hmm. for the scarcity mindset, but for the the um, I like to say the mindset of Wanting to be prepared for any worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and I think that's like the financial planner in me, right? So as financial yeah. planners, we're planning for the good days, we're also planning for the bad, and I was ready for the good and the bad, and I was able to sustain myself through both, and that's a blessing, yeah, right? Yeah, um, so that was that was the mindset, but it was it was it's a blessing that I was able to to to, to yeah. navigate through that,
0: yeah, yeah, and to reinvent your thinking, yeah, within that frame. And now I have two kids. Yeah, I was gonna. I wanted yeah. to start <laughs> so talking like about. <laughs> The babies, yeah, and you know now it's like, and I wonder how your your mindset around money mm-hmm. and building and running a company as a working mom, yeah, with two young kids mm-hmm. as well, two because toddlers, y'all. Two I can toddlers. just imagine that shift <laughs> completely has has changed and even transformed yeah. how you think about your business, how you think about money, mm-hmm. and setting them up for success. Because yeah. I imagine that. All the things that you were able to accomplish at your age, like imagining like they're moving even faster oh gosh. in their trajectory. Yeah. It's it's exciting,
1: yeah, but scary, okay. right? I will say from a parent standpoint, the risk that I could take as a single person, as a single lady with no kids are different, you mm-hmm. know? And so even now, like, I do find myself a little bit more conservative because it's not just me. Right. I can't just hop like I would hop up and move around and things like that. And I can't do that now. Right. And so I do tend to have to think more about what's the best interest of the children. Yeah. um, And then also making sure. Yes. And I'm putting money aside for them. Like we had an article in Time and Next Advisor last year um, about. How Dawson, my oldest, and now Demi as well, are on track to be millionaires by the age of 16, right? Mm-hmm. And so, really making sure that I'm being strategic and putting money aside for them so that they can do whatever job they want yeah. to do when they get yeah. older. But also, I'm also worried about messing them up too, right? So, I'm like, I don't want them to be too spoiled. So, I gotta find a book on that. Are you gonna but- tell them that
0: they're gonna be millionaires at 16? Uh, or are you going to be like, no. we, like you're broke? Mom has money. So I never want them to think they're broke because they're wealthy. Yes, and they're
1: wealthy not yes. just because of money. They're wealthy because all the love that mm-hmm. they receive from their parents I and from that. everyone they're surrounded by. So broke is one word we don't use. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll, I think they'll know over time. I think even now, I feel like sometimes Dawson can tell when they go <laughs> to certain people's houses and, and they maybe come out like, oh, you don't have a, what is she? You don't have a pool you don't have, we have a lot of pools at my Like house. the absurdity. Yeah, like certain things and I'm like, <laughs> girl, um, you know, or I need a straw. I have to have a straw. Like little, she's three, so I'm like, oh my God, what are we creating? Um, but kids notice when yeah. there's not certain things. Um, I don't know how to, I don't know about yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't manage those <laughs> things. But yeah. I think it's so fascinating that at 16, you are focused on becoming a multimillionaire mm-hmm. and then at 16, they will be multimillionaires. Yeah, yeah. And just the opportunity opportunity for that kind of generational transition based on the decisions you've made based on some of those like dark nights and based on you know your ability to adapt to Mm -hmm. change to shift and to say okay I got to reinvent all of this yeah it's
1: it's exciting and it's it's you know now and I like to tell people all the time like I'm transparent I'm transparent about my story but there's a lot of people that won't talk about those details of their story because if you look on social media everyone just woke up came up with a business idea and made a million dollars came Sorry. up rich and yeah. that's not the case and so I'm very transparent about it i never forget when I first started sharing those details mm-hmm. my mom was like oh my god why are you telling people this Why are you and I'm like because right. they, they need to know and I've had people come up to me in tears I've had people DM me saying I'm in tears watching your podcast or watching this or watching your interview because I'm going through this right now mm-hmm. and I always say I'm coming to you from your future self to tell you you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. As simple as that. Yeah. And like, that's all I wanted at the time. Like somebody Mm. tell me I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm about to be poor and I feel like I'm about to be homeless. And even though you have family, you know, someone's going to take you in. But you do feel that way in the moment and you feel horrible. And so, you know, this entrepreneurship thing is hard. You know, I used to be upset that I felt like I was selected by God for this specific um, purpose. And assuming that that pathway- And it's a hard purpose. Was a linear purpose. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if, yeah. if you feel like, if you selected by God to do something- It should just be an easy be role, easy, part right? the red seas, let's go. Let's go. I mean, it's similar <laughs> to being a parent. I'm like, okay, God, I feel blessed that you picked me to be a parent. Now make it easy for me, yeah. right? Make it easy, and that ain't the case. And so mm. that was really, really hard um, yeah. you know, for me, but I love what I do. I'm very yeah. passionate about, personal finance i feel like it's truly the key to people being able to as they say live their best lives but Mm -hmm. also to be able to impact other people's lives um i think that if more people didn't have to worry about didn't have to worry about money so much they would be able to be a bigger asset to each other like we would all be able to help each other more if we weren't all stressing about money or keeping up with everyone online um and and that's why many of us we do the things we do we work so hard because we need this money to do this to do this to do this. But imagine if you didn't have to worry about all what would of you that, do, right? Yeah. What would you do? Who would you be? You know who would you be? Yeah. And how would you show up? Yeah. Who would you help? Mm. You know. And I think that that's that's why I'm so passionate about it. And like even and this was I I I'm using this, but someone said this to me, as um, and when I was doing a webinar, I said, how would you feel if you didn't have to worry about money every month and, and she said I would just breathe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Dang. Well, you remember that from yeah, catching I remember, up. I felt right. the same way." I could and it was just like whew, I just want to take a deep breath. Yeah. yeah. And um I just want to help more people breathe.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know?
1: Cuz a lot of people they're not they're, they're they're breathing, but they ain't really breathing. Everyone's right?
0: Literally before every and gasping, and, gasping yeah.
1: and you're like, what's gonna go wrong? When is it gonna go wrong? I remember those days being scared to leave the house because I'm like, I can't handle a $50 emergency right now. Right. Oh right? my gosh, yeah. Tires is bald. Lord Jesus, don't let me hit a pothole in right. DC or I'm screwed. Right. Right. Okay? <laughs> my goodness. Like yeah. literally, like please. They're like, oh I gotta I gotta go to a meeting in DC. Let me take this train because my car cannot handle, <laughs> okay? It cannot right. and I, oh my gosh, don't even talk about the tickets. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When your car gets the boot. Mm. I never forget that time I got a boot in my car. I had to call mom. I'm like, mom, I got a boot in my car. They say it's like twenty five hundred dollars. She was like, "We'll leave your car right there, right there. <laughs> was
0: like, you can have. You can. You can take okay. the train. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. You
1: know? So, but that was hard, right? Yeah. And, and you know, we laugh about it now, but there's a lot of people still living that way.
0: Yeah. And um, I don't like that, and I want that
1: to change.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. I love. I love you saying or talking about just being able to breathe
1: mm-hmm.
0: and even that your clients, your students, mm-hmm. are able to even reveal that and share that with you. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like you've caught your breath. A little in bit. In so many ways. Bit. I mean, obviously there's <laughs> there's new things. You did mention two toddlers at home. Yeah. But now who are you now that you've been able to yeah. breathe? And, and who else is that becoming in you with yeah, that breath? That's a good question. So I would
1: say now that I can breathe a little bit more, the before i am i feel like i'm really stepping into myself and my purpose yeah um i felt like i couldn't i knew what my purpose was but i felt like it wasn't it because i wasn't making enough money so i'm like this clearly may not be it
0: yeah now i feel like my I purpose can... is not to be poor exactly right, <laughs> right. or maybe or i don't know if it is I but i, didn't, is.
1: I it, didn't, it didn't it didn't make sense but yeah. now that i can breathe i'm like okay i can impact people's lives yeah purely impact people's lives. Um I can get up every day with the goal to impact. Um, I can get up every day with the goal to make someone's life a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get up every day and provide enlightenment to people. Mm-hmm. And that's all I do, I feel like within my business, right? Um is really educating, empowering people to 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 figure out this money thing so they can stop worrying about that and focus on being themselves, selves. Mm-hmm. Um, but money is just a tool. Yeah. Right? It's just a tool. So I, I feel like that is where I am. I think it's also allowing me to be more strategic. It's allowing me to truly be the businesswoman that I've always saw myself to be. Mm-hmm. Not just an entrepreneur, not just a hustler, not just a mom, but I'm building an empire. Mm-hmm. An empire that's going to be impactful. Yeah. And a lot of people are focusing on build, building empires, but there's no impact right um and so now I I feel like that's what I can focus on I can focus more on the impact and less on the money
0: yeah 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 and there's another level of impact that you are looking to create Mm -hmm. and that's through your book yeah and I want you to say a bit about what can we expect you know from your book yeah so I'm really excited for my book ever
1: since I was a kid I wrote books Mm-hmm. Um, I used to write like the newsletter for my little community. Like I've always been a writer. I've always been a reader, loved reading. And so one of my big goals was always to to write a book. And uh, last year I signed a book deal. Congratulations. So, thank you. Major. So this, this summer, um, my book will be coming out, The Wealth Decision. Mm. And I am like, I'm personally obsessed with the title because,
0: yeah. and it's so funny. I was going to say, that's a very yeah. big like, in the in wealth it, decision so let me
1: tell you the original title of the book was one decision wealth mm. and we changed it because it's the wealth decision and I feel like I made that decision remember when I said I I'm not living this way anymore I'm only yeah. focusing on wealth and I'm changing my mindset and I'm changing it and I feel like that simple yeah. decision is what turned my trajectory around but I had to Decide that I wasn't gonna let broke be my story, that I wasn't gonna let struggle be my story, I wasn't gonna let survival be my story. So, in the wealth decision, it's talking about my story, but I'm I'm I'm, uh, uh, integrating in how you can take this information Mm -hmm. and change your own life. Mm -hmm. If you are where I was, where you was paycheck to paycheck, broke, oven credit score. Or even if you're starting to, you've got all that done and you're starting to build wealth, I'm sharing all the strategies and the decisions that I have to make every single day to continue to build wealth. And so I'm really, really excited about that.
0: I love that. So I'm I'm putting it out. I'm going to be a New York Times bestseller this year. I'm claiming it and that's All of it. Oh, can't wait. Especially when it's time to pre-order. Yes. All of us got to go get. (laughs) We got to pre-order so we make sure we get our copies as soon as it drops. Yes, please, please. I'm really excited for you. Thank you. And... It is so inspiring, and I feel like I've been proud of you since I read oh, about you in Black you. Enterprise all those years ago when I was still getting my print editions. Yes. Long I, time subscriber. Do they still print? I, I'm, I'm sure that they do. I think okay. it's just, I think every single publishing company probably prints less. Okay. okay. You know, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is where we are in the world. Yeah. So before we wrap, mm-hmm. I would love, and, and I feel like you've given me so, so, so you've given us so many great examples of what reinvention is. Mm. But what is your definition of reinvention and what does that look like for our audience, for our viewers mm. of how they can adopt this idea of reinvention? Cause you've done it so many times yeah. to get yeah. to where you are. Um,
1: so for me, it, when I think of reinvention, reinv- I also think of like pivoting mm-hmm. and I feel like it's okay to do. Mm-hmm. And, I know with my, I feel like my first reinvention was deciding to quit my job and become an entrepreneur full time. And everyone thought I was crazy. And I was reinventing myself from, yes, I did what my parents told me to do. I went to college, I, I got the job, I did all the things, but I've decided this is what I want this path to end. And I want to reinvent, my, reinvent myself yeah. to someone else. And so that's what it means for me, being okay with pivoting. I think a lot of times as people and also as entrepreneurs specifically, we get so stuck with feeling like we have to fit inside of this box. Mm-hmm. We're fitting like we have to do things a certain way. And I think that it's okay to change. It's okay to pivot. Your millions, your wealth, your happiness could be on the other side, on the other side of that reinvention. Yeah. So even right now, I'm going through another reinvention. And it's hard, but it's like, I'm excited yeah. because I know the last time and all the times that I've had to reinvent or pivot, all positive things have happened. So be okay with it. Yeah. And yeah, I think
0: that's, that's the big thing. I love that you talk about that other side because you're on one side is scary. Yeah. You don't know what is on the other side. That's scarier. It's scarier, (laughs) but you'll never know if you don't cross over. Yeah. But we should
1: all like, if you're not growing and if you're not not constantly reinventing, but constantly improving yourself, mm-hmm. and that's also pivoting and, and improvement to me our yeah. reinvention. Um, you're doing it wrong,
0: yeah. right?
1: You're doing it wrong. You cannot. You're not the same. I am not me here, Dominique, at 38 years old. I am not the same person at 16. Yeah. I am not the same person at 20. I'm not the same person that started finances demystified. Right. Right. And so we're constantly reinventing oh and improving God. ourselves. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. You for being for so me.
0: candid. Always great to have you, Tony. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Road to Reinvention. If you find yourself moved or feeling free after tuning in, make sure to leave a review on your favorite listening platform and share this with someone you know who may be navigating a similar journey. You do not have to do this alone. To hang out with me more, head over to join our fluency newsletter at shereldorsey.com. Until next episode, may you embrace your need to recreate, revitalize, and reinvent yourself over and over.